Hi, everyone. This is Eric Martin from the band Mr. Big, the handsome one that stands right in the middle. That's me. And you're listening to Music Mania Podcast. Thank you so much, man. I, I love talking about the things that I love, Clint. And for you to allow me to do it with you, uh, I am the Music Mania Podcaster. You are the best. You got the best. We roll tonight to the guitar fight. And for those about to rock, I salute you. You ready for some screaming heavy metal? Scream for me, Brazil! Scream for me, Brazil! We rock! You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast. Brought to you by CD Warehouse in Gladstone, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest, featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. Joe, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Oh, it is just great Fantastic. to have you. Oh, I hope you had a tremendous uh, Fourth of July Independence Day weekend. How was it? How you feeling? How's everything going? It was excellent. I uh, I had a great time. Didn't really do an awful lot, but uh, it was nice. I Zoomed with my, uh, my brothers, my sister. We do a family Zoom. That's kind of what it is now, right? That's kind of what we, what, we how do we do. family Zoom, <laughs> you know? I that's, see them more than I used to. That's, I guess that part, that's a good thing. Uh, Joe, well, I yeah. tell you what, it, it's such a pleasure to have you here. I, I'd ask you what you've been up to for the past few months, but it's pretty obvious you've been as busy as anyone. Just talk about what this last, uh, these last three months have been like for you as we are heading towards a new solo album for you. A lot of excitement for that. Just kind of take us through the process here. Yes. Uh, I, uh, I, I felt like I, I had a lot of time off when the, when the lockdown came. But uh, now I'm busier than ever. It's been crazy. Um, but I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time uh, doing a lot of interviews. People are want to, it's amazing. I mean, uh, I think maybe because we've been in quarantine that everybody wants to talk. <laughs> a, yes, that's been most. More than ever. It's true. It's been most, it's somebody, been the most. Somebody's living on the other end of the line. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. We've had more interviews during this than any time. Of course, you're sacrificing the live music. And uh, I, I know, I missed that. We're getting ahead of ourselves here. We're going to go back to the yes. album, of course, Joe, but. You've always been a live performer. You've done it in so many different incarnations. What what kind of live touring plans did you have for this kind of before? Uh, and now, now what does it look like maybe going forward? Well, you know, I really don't know what about what's going to happen as we go forward. Uh, I mean, we had a fantastic uh, show booked in Sweden. We were doing a cruise. Not a good time to do a cruise. We were the headliners on the cruise from uh, Stockholm to Helsinki. Wow. Um, the big Soldier Rock cruise. It's, it's huge. And, uh, and we ended up being the headliners. This is my band, Blue Coop, which yeah. is with uh, Dennis Dunaway. And, um, yeah, so we, that, that was, uh, that was uh, canceled. <laughs> but there's always next year. And I think next year is going to be, be excellent. I mean, we're looking at, we're looking at like the, they're talking about uh, drive-in concerts. Right. Where you drive in and 
you know. Um, I, <laughs> I guess. It's I fun, guess if, it, you know? if that's if that's uh, what it takes, I would do it. Yeah, you mentioned Dennis. You mentioned Blue Coop. I'm a big fan. We've had Dennis uh, Dunaway on the show. Neil Smith, of course, former I'm losing your sound here. Hold on one oh. second. Well, that goes back to 1972 when we did our our. It was our second tour. First tour was with the Birds, and it did not work out. The Birds audience did not like Blue Oyster Cult. But from the first, when we first stepped on the stage, opening for Alice Cooper, it was night and day. The, the place went crazy. And I mean, really insane. I mean, you got to realize in 1972, there were all these teenagers in the audience that weren't quite 18. And they wanted to be 18. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's true. it's true. They wanted to be 18 so bad. So they had their anthem. They had their anthem. And, uh, and so, uh, from that tour in 72, I met Neil and I met Dennis, I met Alice and Michael and Glenn. We, we, uh, we, we worked with them, I forget how many shows, maybe 25 shows or so. Uh, and we got to be friends. And, and even later on, um, I ran into, I was still on the road, but I was home for a short uh, break. And I ran into Dennis in Connecticut and um, ended up at his house and jamming at Neil's house. And then we played in a band and wrote songs together. I got Ian Hunter involved with the writing of the songs. It was, we had a grand old time, you know. Oh. And then uh, Neil decided he, he doesn't really like traveling that much. Um, and so uh, my brother was available, and that's how Blue Coop. Came to be with Dennis, and because Dennis loves to play anywhere, anytime. <laughs> Same with my brother. So uh, you know, we we put out three studio albums. The third studio album just came out in November, and uh, it's doing very well. You're getting great, great critical response, and uh, and uh, now it's time for me to put out my solo album. Absolutely. You guys um, have joined forces with Rockheart Records and Deco Entertainment. Just talk about this because not only does this include a solo album from you, I assume that there are several other albums in the works that you guys are going to be uh, producing and, and putting out through this yes. medium. So kind of talk about the, the pairing here with Rockheart Records and Deco well, Entertainment. My brother Albert and I uh, signed with a manager from California. And the first thing he said to us is, you guys should have your own custom label to really point up that you're still very creative got new product coming out and this would be a great uh great vehicle with good distribution and i, I cannot tell you how well the promotion has been it's been uh, i've never seen any promotion like this even back in the 70s <laughs> wow but it's doing great you know i've, I've never been busier and uh, I think it's a great album, too. So, you know, it's a very solid album. So, Well, it's uh, Strange Legends. It comes out July 31st. You can go to your yes. website right now to pre-order it, yes? JoeBrouchard.com. Yes. You can pre-order it right now, and it'll uh, get to you there by uh, hopefully by July 31st. That's the official oh, yes. release. And it'll be autographed. And Oh. Yes. Amazing, yeah. They have the mega bundle. And yep. 
I've got new guitar picks. Awesome. Yes. I guess you can't see these. True. But, uh, they, <laughs> but yeah, there's uh, you've got uh, the, the autograph CD, signature guitar pick, um, the Strange Legend poster, the T-shirt, all part of the bundle there. You can go check that out right now at joebouchard.com. But uh, not, people are buzzing because just, I, I think it was just yesterday, uh, the video came out for Forgot About Love and a lot of, pe a lot of people are buzzing yes. about it. It's great, Joe. It's an amazing Thanks. song. Great video. Thanks. I do those things at home, yeah. I got, <laughs> right? I got lots of time now. <laughs> that incredible. Did you edit that yourself too? Yeah. But, yeah. Wow. I, uh, well, last summer we did the Sweden Rock Festival. And uh, that show was taped on five cameras, and it was like twenty-four track production. So I'm, 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 not, I'm, I'm, I'm. It's easy for me to handle the the, the audio, you know, and mix the sound, but to, to handle five cameras. So I had to learn a whole whole new editing system. So I learned Final Cut and. And that's leading into what I'm doing now for all my solo videos, uh, being able to, you know, get into the software. It's amazing what you can do. You got to put the time in, though, and actually study the stuff and do all the, go to YouTube and check out, you know, how to handle uh, different, diff different aspects. You can't read the book. It's impossible <laughs> to read those books. I mean, yeah. So... I, when I have a problem, I just type in my problem and it comes up on YouTube and yeah. Hey, but that's, videos that's are great. Yeah, so, really I, that's funny because I, I edited an entire documentary that way with Final Cut and using YouTube to, to uh, find my problem. So just like you, I, I'm in the same exact <laughs> you know what I, mean. <laughs> I do. I do. Um, oh. It took me uh, two weeks just to figure out how to do a title screen. So I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but you got some really... Your, some collaborators on this uh, that's truly yes. tremendous. Uh, Mickey Curry is, uh, is on this. He is great. Uh, you might know him from uh, Brian Adams' band. He's been in Alice Cooper. And, yeah. uh, co and writing with a guy like John Shirley, who if people don't realize was uh, co-wrote uh, the, the screenplay for The Crow, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Just talk yes. about all, all the people that have gotten involved with this and what the collaboration's been like. Well, you know, John sent me an email about maybe uh, about a year ago, maybe a little over a year ago. And uh, he said he had seen, he had heard one of my other solo albums. So I said, uh, I sent him a reply, said thanks. And hey, by the way, send me some lyrics. Why not? You know, next day I had these great lyrics in my email. And uh, then he sent me more after that. And, and he's very inspiring. You know, he's got a great imagination. And uh, I'm, I'm ready to run with it. So. But he's also got some other stuff coming out. I, I'm not, I, I can't really tell what it is at this point, but uh, uh, maybe uh, some band that I used to be in. <laughs> Whatever would that be? <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think they, had a, they had a hit with a cowbell in it. That's all I know. Uh, yeah, that, well, it's, it's, it stands to reason because your work in Blue Oyster Cult, the songs that you kind of contributed to, always kind of had an occult or otherworldly theme, Nosferatu, yeah. Light Years of Love, Hot Rails to Hell, really kind of, and so it's kind of continuing on here. You've, have you always kind of had a fascination yeah. with that style? What, what's, uh, where, where'd that come from? Well, you know, I, people have, I, I think I started doing solo albums because I wanted to do some acoustic music 
But then I realized how hard it is to do. And, and you know, it's, it's, a whole, it's a whole different genre, and, and I'm getting better at it. But then I realized, you know, I got to do what I do best. And so people would say, you know, that kind of sounds like Blue Oyster Cult. Well, I didn't try. It's just in my blood. It just, just happens, you know. And, uh, I, you know, I invented that stuff, some of it. Yeah, back in, back in the early days, and and uh, you know, so I don't try to try to to uh, sound like them, but it's just part of my personality, and and uh, just comes out that way, you know. Well, do people when you know because obviously you mentioned the the cowbell that's obviously become a part of the American lexicon, but do people yeah. do people realize the the connection with with your brother Albert and that he you know, was really instrumental in that taking yeah. place. I mean, or do people yell that at him every day? Like, oh. what, 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 more cowbell, Albert. I think it's what? worse worse for Christopher Walken. <laughs> he gets it a lot yeah. than Albert. But uh, no, you know, Albert was a, a big part of the early arrangements of the band. And, uh, you know, he, he would spend the most time every, just working on arrangements you know, regardless of whoever wrote the song, but he would like put it all together. And that's why those albums still get played today, probably. I mean, you know, they, they, they like the vibe, you know. Um, I don't know. It's ama it it's amazes me, the longevity of the Blue Oyster Cult catalog, you know. I thought if it lasted three years, wow. <laughs> I, I would have been happy. If it just lasted three years, but now we're talking about, you know, going on four and a half decades. Uh, uh, you know, we had a good time when we were doing it. You know, we're young, excited. That you were, uh, you talk about four and a half decades. You were a part of it for 16 years. 16 years. Do decades. you, when, when you look back at that time, you, I mean, you're talking about the, the, selling millions of albums, the band's biggest hits, Don't Fear the Reaper, to burning for you to Godzilla and on and on. Do you ever regret leaving, leaving the band in 86? No, no. Yeah. Uh, they asked me back a couple of times, but I was having too much fun. <laughs> I, you know, I was, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't paying off financially, but I was producing bands and then I did some private teaching and then I worked in a publishing company. I played in, you know, 12 other bands. I got to go to Iraq and tour for the, for the, for the soldiers in Iraq. That was 10 years ago today. I was in Iraq Wow! and it was hot in the desert. <laughs> and that was wow. like a, that was like a USO show with a, a variety show where I did the Blue Oyster Cult songs and Cool in the Gang and Santana and uh, um, Survivor and Orleans. I had Elton John's drummer and Elton John's guitar player. Wow. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, I, I, it, people have said to me, how could you, you know, leave a job your job as rock star is pretty cool, but you know, it was, it was, it was the eighties. It was the eighties. And I, I didn't really, it, the eighties wasn't my kind of music, you know, and the nineties was worse. Yeah. <laughs> the nineties was worse. 
So since 2000 and the cowbell and, you know, the catalog has sort of blossomed, you know, um, it's, it's getting some respect finally. <laughs> well, it, it, it definitely does. And I mean, you, you joined in 1970 and you talked about 1972, you're on tour with Alice Cooper. That was, uh, I think Alice Cooper, that would have been the school's out tour. Yeah. Uh, actually it was killer. It was killer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. What, I mean, I, if I remember correct, your, your, uh, your brother Albert was, had already joined when you joined in 1970. Yeah. We started in 67. Right. And so that, this is before the bands even known as Blue Oyster Cult. So right. from 1970 to 1972, how, how, how much did your life change in that quick amount of time? Not that much. I graduated from college. Yeah. I, I had a summer job uh, playing piano in a theater. Um, and then as soon as September rolled around, I was ready to rock, you know. And they, they needed somebody to fill in for – they needed somebody to be their bass player. And I had known them for, you know, all through my college career – I would go to, on a college break, I would go live with them in their house. It was, it was fantastic. So it was a pretty smooth transition. We didn't have to reinvent the wheel. But we had our manager, Sandy Perlman, who's a genius, was a genius. And, uh, you know, he said, you know, we got to drop that hippy-dippy stuff that you, kind of music you were doing and do more metal, you know, ah. toughen it up, you know, the times are changing, you know, and uh, I think, you know, we never really embraced fully the heavy metal thing, but there were a lot of moments where we created the inspiration for a lot of the musicians that came later, you know, Metallica. For instance. Certainly, especially during that time, you, I mean, yeah, as you think about the early 70s, you guys, Black Sabbath, Alice Cooper, uh, Led Zeppelin, I mean, that that was really the formation of what, Blue Cheer and bands like that really became, you know, set the, set the tone for that. And Boys or Cole, I don't think gets enough credit. And I think it was Sandy, if I'm not mistaken, that came up with the name that was from a poem. Oh, yes. Yeah. It was part of his poem. And we, we had done our audition for Clive Davis, who was the head of Columbia at the time, and uh, they needed a contract to put on the, uh, on the, uh, they needed a contract to put, a, <laughs> a name to put on the contract. <laughs> so uh, we said, oh, we locked, uh, we had, Sandy had a co-manager. We locked them in a room, and, and we were rehearsing because we were taking so much time arguing about the name, we really had to rehearse the songs. So we locked them in a room and said, we don't care. Whatever it is, when you come out of that room, you just tell us what it is. It was funny. And <laughs> 15 minutes later, they come out and say, we got it. It's Blue Oyster Cult. Wow. Like, what? <laughs> I love that. That's, uh, you think about some of the more iconic moments in rock history, and, and it's so funny that a lot of them happen just like the way you described, just one little meeting, one little moment that just uh, kind of changed the course of, of history. So <laughs> that's a good one right there. Um, I'll tell you what, Joe, before I let you go, we, I want to get back to Strange Legends because the, the album is so strong. Um, when you look at the, the tracks, there's 11 tracks on this album. From, 
from the African Queen to Hit and Run to to She's a Legend. What, do you have a song that's, that, that that sticks out, or a few that it sticks out to you that so far is uh, is kind of your favorite as you look back on it? I know it's a labor of love, and you got to kind of distance yourself from it to really objectively look at the songs. But do you have any that really stand out to you right now? Well, I love the African Queen. Yeah, it, it was an easy song. I I saw the movie, uh, the Humphrey Bogart movie, classic movie, and I said I got to write a song about this, and it was so easy, and it just it's so musical and it, it, it was a, easy to do. Uh, other ones, Hit and Run. Now, there's a yeah. rocker. There's yeah. a rocker. That it rocks as hard as anything I've ever recorded, you know. And, uh, but I love She's a Legend. That'll be the next single uh, on, uh, in, I guess, in less than two weeks. It'll be the next single that's out. So there'll be videos for that, and people should pre-save or whatever they do. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> Come and come and share it. Well, uh, but I love yeah. it all. I love it all. Oh, it's great. Uh, I, I'm so excited for you, Joe, and, and congratulations on this work. I, and th- what has it been? A, just a tremendous career. And I want to. You can you can check out the videos and everything like that. But what I want to have our listeners do is go to uh, JoeBouchard.com and you can pre-order the album right now. You can get in on uh, all, all the cool stuff: the uh, the signed CD, the uh, the signature guitar picks the poster and the shirt, all there. Just go there and pre-order it. And July 31st will be the official release date. Joe, this is great stuff. I can't wait to see what all comes of this. And I'm just so proud of you, man. Thank you so much for for being a part of our show today. It's been great talking to you. Anytime, Joe, let's do it again. Hope to to see you live here in 2021. Let's get you here to the Midwest. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Excellent, Joe. Thank you so much, my friend. All right, thank you. You bet.